the Koi Gig Pod. We were too quick to drop off 3v1. That's been a problem that we actually stopped against Scotland because Neve Fahey stepped in to stop Caroline Weir. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm delighted to talk to Harriet Pryor of the Anfield Wrap about the situation at Liverpool. Uh, Harriet, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, what's going on at the moment at Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a really bad night. I think the Leicester game kind of covered over the cracks because those two own goals, we managed to get the three points and so it wasn't as much a spotlight on the on everything that sort of went wrong that night and then we played Brentford last night and it was just... It was just bad. It was the first 10 minutes. I actually thought we started quite strong. I know that the message would have been try and come out the block strong and, and get a good start. And I actually thought we we did that. And then after 10 minutes, the intensity just dropped off. The pressing game wasn't there. They were playing through the midfield so easily. There was just every area of the pitch you could point out is not combining, not clicking, not working well. And it, it, it meant that, you know, by the time we went over half time, we were 2 0 down and the damage had already been done. I think the whole world has so much faith, rightly so, in Jurgen Klopp, that there was just this assumption that the break for the World Cup would give him the opportunity to work on whatever the issues were at a philosophical level. I'm sure so many of the players were going to be away that, you know, working with them was going to be tricky, but that whatever the, the, the technical issues were behind the style of play or behind what they're trying to do would have been rectified. But actually, what we saw last night was really a continuation of what we'd seen up to the World Cup. Yeah, it was a continuation. And I, I think if you look at some of the preseason games they played, they really tried to work on getting that intensity back because you could literally hear them on the sidelines during those preseason games going, now you push, now you press, now you go. And I've just not seen that continue through to the start of the season because I feel like we, Liverpool's attack used to press straight away as soon as the defence had the ball, win the ball back high up the pitch. That was how they got goals. That was how they poached so many goals. It was keeping that intensity high the whole way through. Now I just see the attacking line standing off a little bit the, the the midfield sort of out of position, not knowing where to go. And then it gets through to defence so easily and they're left in situations where the full backs are so high up the pitch, the centre backs are sort of scrambling back to try and to try and get hold of the situation. And ultimately that that ends in us conceding too many goals. So those basic things that I, I thought we'd come back and rectify after the World Cup break, the pressing, the running, the intensity, those things haven't changed post-World Cup. And then when you're playing any team that puts any pressure on you, like Brentford did last night, and they had a good game plan, so credit credit to Brentford, th- things are going to unravel pretty quickly. Jurgen Klopp's comments post-defeat, Harry, tend to be quite interesting at the best of times. Last night, uh, even more so, talking about Brentford stretching the rules. Uh, you know, I think he gave out about the third goal as well and, and how that came about. What, do you, what did you make of his reaction to the defeat last night? Yeah, look, I think when people are frustrated and managers are frustrated, you saw it this week with Conte as well, they, they sort of reflect on it in a different light. I think once he's had time to go back and maybe rewatch the game, he'll, and I don't think he'll shy away from the fact that Liverpool just weren't good enough. I don't think he ever shies away from that fact, but I think there probably was a bit of frustration with the officiating, but probably can't see too much wrong, especially that third goal. I don't think Canate was fouled. I think he just went down a little bit too easily, but that was sort of reminiscent of, of a lot of the battles, the one-on-one battles that happened last night, individual players going down a little bit too easily and not winning their battles and not backing each other up. So, 
I think at, at the time he's probably speaking with a lot of frustration. He's a, he's a passionate manager. We know that he's an emotional manager. He can't hide away from that. But yeah, I think once he's had a bit of time to reflect, and he already sort of has reflected on this, Liverpool just simply weren't good enough. And even if a few more results had gone our way, I still don't think we'd have come away from there with the three points. That concession of goals and chances from from set pieces, I mean, that's particularly concerning at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's particularly concerning because you look at us defending from corners and, and it looked like the defenders didn't know where they should be last night. And that's a really sort of concerning thing when they're usually such an organised team. And, and maybe they lacked that bit of leadership with Henderson out last night. I'm not so sure, but Virgil van Dijk is usually so good at leading that back line and telling all the players where they're meant to be. But there was times where they just looked like they were scrambling. And, and all Brentford really had to do was put an extra man in and they had to put an extra man in between the centre-backs and between the full-backs, sort of overload the area. And then, and then our defence didn't know what to do they didn't know whether to scramble back and mark the man they didn't know whether to stay in the space so it was a really simple game plan from Brentford that Liverpool weren't able to deal with well enough whatsoever and it it made the the defence from set pieces in particular look like a shambles Um, They had a really strong team out last night notwithstanding the injuries that they have they still had obviously Van Dijk for the first half Fabinho is incredibly experienced and was considered one of the best holding midfielders in the world 18 months ago. Thiago, who is supposed to be the glue that binds everything together, started the game. Um, so there's not much to pin hopes on that this is going to turn around quickly. This is going to be a long, hard slog for them to get out of this. Yeah, look, I think there's always sort of been in the last few months this need for a reinvention now. And I, I think a part of that does come from transfers and bringing in fresh faces because it, it forces everyone to up their game and we have just brought Cody Gakpo in and obviously that will be hopefully a huge positive in terms of pushing on that forward line and making things gel a bit better there. But there's no doubt that the midfield areas is in desperate need <clears throat> Excuse me, of some reinvention and reinvestment now. So it's not a quick fix. I think there's going to be a process now where they have to look at everything and, and have to think, OK, what areas actually need improving? But that midfield area is glaring out to me as it needs just one extra body in there maybe to bring a bit more youth, but also just to bring a bit more control because that's what was missing for me so much last night, but also throughout the season, any sense of control in the midfield area. But yeah, definitely a long process. I think Klopp's spoken a lot in the past about when you identify a problem, everyone thinks there's a really quick fix. But even if you manage to identify one problem, and and I think in Liverpool's case, it's probably multiple problems they're trying to deal with at once. It's, It's hard to know the exact solution. And then the only way you can really practice that is in a game situation and then it, and then it's difficult when confidence is low and when panic sort of sets in and individual mistakes set in as well. You mentioned earlier, Ger, you know, wanting to see the running stats and how they compare to, to last season and that's that's a serious point, Harriet, because intensity is our identity is the, is the phrase that you often hear for coming out of Liverpool as well and that intensity just isn't there at the moment. No, the intensity isn't there, absolutely. I think I mentioned earlier sort of the, that press was sort of key to how Liverpool set up and how they played, winning that ball back in really dangerous areas and making something out of nothing. So they didn't have to run as far back and have to track back as far. And that meant that the fullbacks, Trent Alexander-Robertson, usually it was Simicast last night, could stay really high up and they could be attacking the threats and they weren't exposed so much on the counter-attack. But when the ball's not being won back high up the pitch and the fullbacks are still staying so high and the holding midfield are still staying high, you get, you're getting exposed far too easily. So that intensity is actually having a real knock-on effect straight from attack and then it's directly impacting the defence because they just can't deal with all the counter-attacks that are coming their way when it's only basically those two back there and, and no one else is sort of hanging back. And that defensive high line has worked so well for, for Liverpool for seasons and made them win all the major trophies there is to win. However, when when there's no one sort of hanging back and and 
they are struggling, it, it just doesn't help. And the, the risk versus reward sort of becomes too much of a balance for them to handle. So obviously there's multiple factors here creating a bit of a knock-on. A lot of our commenters are talking about the midfield. Um, somebody says the midfield is either over 30s or early 20s. Nobody's in their prime. But Fabinho's only 29 and should should be in his prime. Like he's he's reached a level of expertise and experience where you feel like he should be getting better still. You know, he's, he's adding the level of high high pressure games and massive number of minutes played. But his form is, has, uh, it seems anyway, his form is not as good as it should be. That's one aspect of it. Thiago's form is kind of not as good as it should be, it feels as well. That seems to be impacted by the point you're making about the forwards not being able to press the way they were. But what's stopping... Oxley Chamberlain, Darwin Nunez, and Mo Salah from doing what the forward line would have done when it would have been Firmino, Salah, and Mane. Why, why is that different? Yeah, so I think if, first your point about sort of the midfield as an individual performance is, I actually don't think any sort of individual. You can't really look at Thiago. I thought Thiago has been quite good in the, in the last stage of this, since we come back from the World Cup. I thought Firmino was really good against Aston Villa and looked like he was getting back to sort of what, one of his best performances. So I don't know if you can necessarily point at individuals. It's just the system isn't really facilitating them so that they can get the best out of them at the moment. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact they don't have the cover in behind. So maybe that is for me, you know, just dropping back a little bit further and having that, providing that cover so that the others can push forward a bit more. But it, we're, we're sort of lacking that one midfielder who can be that that cover and then also push forward a bit more. It's, it's sort of a difficult role that this this holding midfielder will have to play, but that's kind of what we're missing at the moment. And then the, the attackers, I, I don't know if there's an element of, of it being an, a bit of naivety. You know, Salah, Mane and Firmino was such a solid front three. The combinations worked really well. They knew exactly when to go and when to hold back on the press. They, they knew instinctively where each other were going to be. And maybe that relationship and the nature of the, the front three now not being as settled, being a, a lot of change in that front three, maybe that's impacting them. And, you know, Nunes is a, is a new player as well. He won't, he won't know exactly when to press and when not to press at the moment. Salah, is still trying and I think can't really say criticize Mo Salah too much when it comes to it but yeah just just not enough running and, and I thought last night they tried to set up a lot more narrow which is what you maybe would have expected from Mane Salah Firmino in the past they tried to set up quite narrow so that they force the ball they force them, them to play out wide and they try and win the ball back in those areas but then it left Liverpool far too exposed so I don't think you can just put it down to them not pressing well obviously that's the first element but they're not going to press well if they don't feel like they've got the cover in behind and that's sort of where the whole system needs a little bit of a, of a rejig and a rethink to think how can we all best work together and not as a forward line, a midfield and a defence. How are we all going to combine to make sure that we're protecting each other and allowing to get the best out of each other? Because at the moment, that's just not clicking. Yeah, and so problems with the forwards, problems with the midfield that are kind of uh, exacerbating each other's problems. And then the defence playing as badly as it is at the moment, it's... It's a kind of perfect storm. Jamie Carrier tweeted last night that he said it reminds him of Wenger's Arsenal going from a powerful and pacey team to a technical one. In the end, Wenger's Arsenal that were um, technical did reach a Champions League final and, but for sending off, might have beaten Barcelona. The powerful and pacey one was the one that was uh, sweeping all before them. It's obviously a completely different era. It's not to say that they can't be successful, Liverpool, in the future, Um under Klopp, but what what do you think needs to happen? Do, do they need reinforcements now, or is this uh, batten down the hatches, get to the end of the season, and reshape the squad structurally significantly in the summer? 
Yeah, and although I've been quite negative, I actually do agree. I, I don't I don't think we're a million miles off where we need to be, but at, at the moment, the performances just haven't been good enough. But when I say we're not a million miles off, that's just because I think all, all that would really need to happen in the short term, at least in, in January, is to bring in another midfielder. I think one midfielder now would, would solve a lot of problems if they were the right person, which is obviously the sticking point, because who exactly do you bring in to the midfield in a January transfer window when a lot of clubs aren't keen to let their players go? But I, I genuinely do think that that would help so much because the, the, the midfield are just being overworked. They're being played through far too easily. And, and I, I think that a lack of confidence is just really breeding a lack of confidence at the moment. So once those results start coming, I, I just do have more confidence that things will start clicking in place a bit more because they won't panic so much in individual situations. You won't see them sort of scrambling, giving the ball away cheaply. So I don't, I don't think it's like a huge long process where this is going to go on for months and months and months. I think there is little fixes that can be made that will make a big difference. But the, the biggest one for me has to be a midfielder coming in in January. You, you touched on, on that there. I mean, the, the individual mistakes. Because we often, when Liverpool lose a game like, like last night, the performance is so shambolic. We talk about the macro things, the system and, and decisions that Klopp maybe could have made differently. But you see, you see the ball that Simicas, you know, inexplicably puts across the box at one point in the first half. Um, from Allison's kick out, Harvey Elliott hopping over the ball, and it leads to Brentford's second goal. Sometimes with this Liverpool team, it's just individual errors, isn't it? Yeah, and, and those things, I guess you can't always iron out. There's always going to be individual errors. However, I think when it's a lack of confidence that's starting to set in, you do panic a bit more in those individual situations and you just sort of, you don't look forward as much either. I think Liverpool used to be so good at getting the ball, looking straight forward, playing the forward pass. And now because there is a little bit of, of, okay, what should I do? I don't want to do anything wrong individually, so I'm just going to do the easy thing. And sometimes that actually leads, ironically, to to a bigger mistake and, and us conceding a chance or even worse, a goal. So those individual errors have to be ironed out and and. Sometimes, you know, pinning the blame on sort of a, a young Harvey Elliott isn't fair. And that's why I, I do think that a bit more experience sort of, some, it's hard, I don't know what I'm saying, but someone a bit more experienced, but also not old as, as some of our other midfielders is key. But yeah, those individual errors are definitely doing Liverpool a disservice on the whole. And, and those things, I think, are just coming from a, a sense of panic and not wanting to do anything wrong when results and performances haven't been going as well as they should have been. Darwin Nunez took his goal very, very well, uh, Harriet, albeit it was disallowed. So uh, unfortunately for him, uh, the search for, for hitting the onion bag goes on. But he's not really a problem. Do you, do you feel he's going to come good, Darwin Nunez? He's, he's clearly getting into the right positions. Yeah, I don't really have any concerns about Darwin Nunez because I think that he's he's trying really hard and... I think you saw as well in that um, in the in the games that he's played that he's always in the right positions, like you just mentioned. He's always getting into the right areas. He's always finding the pockets of space. It's just sort of the finishing, but we saw that in the first half of the season actually go really well. He was finishing really good chances and some difficult chances as well. So I'm not particularly concerned about that. And I do think once he starts to find the net, then he'll just sort of open the floodgates and he'll he'll be prolific. But yeah, I'm, I'm not actually concerned on the whole about him. And I think especially with Cody Gakpo coming in and allowing you know, to sort play through the middle in his in his best position and maybe interchange with him a little bit more that 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 relationship might work well and he just needs to be able to combine with Salah a bit more and again that's a system thing with Salah seeming to be dragged quite far out wide in quite a few games before the World Cup and not not sort of getting into the game being able to combine with Nunes but on a whole as an individual I'm not He's not sort of where, where my concern and worry is going at the moment. The speculation about Jude Bellingham obviously is going to continue as long as he is at uh, Dortmund and until he signs somewhere. Uh, there is relatively strong links this morning with Nunez from Wolves and we've seen him linked with Tielemans in the past. Is there anybody else that you're hearing Liverpool be linked with in the midfield area? 
Um, not really at the moment. There was quite strong links with Enzo Fernandez, but now that seems like he, he might be ending up at Chelsea. There was Amrabat as well, who played for Morocco in the World Cup. They were two players that, that I've heard us linked with. And, and also Caicedo from Brighton, who for me would be a good option because he has that Premier League experience. I think we could really benefit with someone sort of ready-made now who's had the Premier League experience and could come in and just slot in straight away and do a job. So yeah, a few players there, but obviously the one that keeps on sticking is, is the Bellingham link, which is just not, not for me going to happen in January. Harriet, great stuff as always. Thanks, William, for joining us. Thank you. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.